Have you wondered about living elsewhere in your retirement? Well, we have almost daily. No, it's not a simple decision, especially when two people are involved. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about retirement destinations. We live in Brooklyn, New York, having grown up and worked in this area of the country. We're hoping to relocate when we're both retired. For us, it's the weather, the chaos, the noise, and the yearning to be near nature and not within three feet of human beings. <laughs> That's right. In February 2020, we embarked on our journey to find that special place. We spent a week in Winter Park, Florida, which is beautiful, but something said it wasn't for us. As we were planning for the next trip, the pandemic arrived. Jean then gave birth. I gave birth? To this podcast. With so many baby boomers retiring, many must be relocating. Why not connect with and learn from them? Here's a little background about us. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney turned podcaster. I recently retired from a university career practicing higher education law. I love the academic environment, but it was time to do something else. I no longer have to set an alarm, drive in BQE traffic, or work with people who don't always share the same principles. Oh, did I just say that? <laughs> you bet I did. I traded all that in to binge crime dramas into the wee hours just a little bit to develop the podcast, to volunteer, practice metalsmithing, tackle our possessions. No regrets so far, Jane. I'm not Asian, and as Gil mentioned, I'm not retired. I'm just plain tired. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I always wanted to leave. I'm a law librarian working in a court who loves his job, but we're retired by the time we select our ideal location. We will be speaking to folks from across the street to across the globe who have moved to the dream venues and more. So please stay tuned. And remember, if you know anyone who has moved anywhere for retirement, let us know. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Today, we will be chatting with Mel and Patricia Schlesinger, who left North Carolina and retired in Green Valley, Arizona. Green Valley is about 20 minutes away from Tucson and about 60 miles north of the Mexican border. It's an unincorporated community and census-designated place in Pima County, Arizona. As of 2020, the population was around 22,000. According to retirepedia.com, a new resource we've come across, Jean. In 2019, the median age of the city of Green Valley was around 73. Whoa. Kind of like Florida. <laughs> In 2018, the median age was 70, which signals that the population of this city is increasing in age each year, which we think is fabulous. <laughs> Apparently, though, the younger folks do not find this attractive. <laughs> With its observatories, Green Valley is known as the astronomy capital of the world. Since large-scale development began in the 60s, Green Valley has been considered a great place to retire near the Mexican border. Now, a little bit about our guest, Jane. Mel was born and raised in Queens, New York. All right. He attended National University in San Diego and earned a degree in criminal justice. His employment began in San Diego, then San Francisco, and various places in North Carolina. He spent 40 plus years in the insurance business, specializing in health insurance and Medicare, and is still sort of working, he says. He loves traveling in Mexico, eating out, seeing new places in Arizona. A new interest is hiking in the Arizona mountains. Oh, I'd be there. 
Patricia was born in Monroe, Louisiana. She attended elementary school in Pennsylvania and some college in Morgantown, West Virginia, and received a bachelor's in nursing from the University of Arizona in Tucson. She worked as an IV therapy nurse primarily in North Carolina. Her interests include playing bridge, hiking, eating out, and traveling in Mexico. And get this, Gil, the couple is getting ready to spend the whole year in Mazatlan, Mexico. Nice. Yeah. By the way, we did an episode on Mazatlan with Janet Blazer, the surfing grandma. It's episode 38 of Retire There if you want to check it out. And we understand, Mel, that you actually met Janet. So cool. So thank you for joining us on Retire There. Unfortunately, we understand that Pat is unable to join us today. So please send her our regards. I will. Okay. So tell us, how did you decide, the two of you, to leave beautiful North Carolina for temperatures in the 90s? Uh, temperatures in the hundreds. <laughs> oh, even so. better. Even better. Okay, go ahead. Well, uh, you know, retirement was never actually a thing for me because being in the insurance business, I never really felt like I worked anyway. <laughs> Plus, I, I was I was never one of these people that, that worked hard. I kind of, it had to be fun. So in 2020, my wife and I went and did our 40th wedding anniversary down in Querétaro, Mexico. When we got back in February of 2020, the plan was that about every 90 days, we'd go somewhere in Mexico for a month. Unfortunately, about a week later, COVID struck. <laughs> and that kind of put the kibosh on all travel. In 2021, when we were getting ready to get the second COVID vaccine, we decided, since I'd been working virtually for over a year now, that we would go spend three months in Mazatlan for something to do. Went online, found an apartment, spent 90 days down there. Somewhere towards the first week of March, I'd been kind of following the market and read an article in Forbes about Green Valley. It was number nine on a top 10 list. So I always go to Zillow to see what the cost of real estate is and discovered that in Green Valley, there were all of these little one and two bedroom casitas that were selling a year ago for between 90 and 100,000. Wow. Wow. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> so at the same time, a friend of mine who was a realtor in North Carolina started posting pictures of houses that he put on the market and three days later had five offers, 10 offers, all above asking. By mid-June, we looked at each other and said, you know what? Let's go home, put the house on the market and see what happens and make some decision. We drove home. It was our first time driving into Mexico and driving home. Uh, North Carolina is a long ways from the border. Yeah. yeah. And, How uh, long was that drive? From the border, it was three days. From Mazatlan, it was five. Oh, God. Wow. I now was kind of in this mindset that my clients seem to be okay with working with me virtually. I'm not going back to working and going to networking events, but I want to be near the border, mostly for healthcare reasons, which I can come back to later and explain why that was so important. We put our house on the market, called my friend. He came out, listed the house on a, on a Sunday. The plan was that it would go into the MLS on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then Did we would we? do an open house. It didn't make it. <laughs> so, um, oh my God. Was, how, what, what was the size of the house? It was a 1650 square foot, three bedroom, two bath, nice. um, had a nice. great little screened in porch that was sort of an extra space for yeah. us. Yeah. And where you in know, North Carolina? Winston-Salem. Oh, nice. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Beautiful. And, and we love the neighborhood we were in. 
We had yeah. moved there in 2016. Thought that would be our forever home. Oh, really? Yeah, we we figured, you know, because I never saw myself retiring. And yeah. I had started to build a business around Medicare and, and health insurance in, in Winston-Salem at that point. And, and so we just thought we'd stay there. But after spending two and a half months down in Mazatlan, I was like, you know what? <laughs> if people don't want to work with me remotely, they can find someone else. If they do, I'm happy to work with them. But I'm done going to networking. I want to be down in Mexico. The house sold. My agent listed it for 20000 more than we thought we would ask. Sold it for 45000 more than that. Wow. Oh, my God. So sixty-five. <laughs> yeah. And and the, the buyers bought all of our furniture. What? Wow. With the house. Wow. And my daughter took one of my cars. Oh, nice. And so it was like the universe obviously wants us to be in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> so we closed July 15th of 2021, spent a month on the road, came to Green Valley just to check it out, rented an Airbnb here for a week, saw a for sale by owner, a little 588 square foot, one bedroom, casita, bought it, left and went down to Mexico for five months. So you said that the houses are around 100,000. What are they going for now? Now, you'd be hard pressed to find a one bedroom for about 120. Uh, they're, they're going from 120 to 140 now. Mm -hmm. But things aren't selling quite as fast as they were a year ago. When we got here, we got here on a, on a Saturday, met a realtor and saw the only two houses that were actually listed. Everything else was flying off the shelves. We were driving back to our Airbnb when we saw a for sale by owner. So we went and looked at it oh. and, and thought, you know what, let's think about it. I had seen a new one bedroom come up for sale down where we had the Airbnb. But Sunday morning when I got up to call it, it was already under contract. <laughs> I can't believe this. Oh my God, this is insane. Uh, it was nuts. So yeah, we went yeah. back to the one bedroom that we saw mm -hmm. and, and bought it so that we would have it. It met all of our needs, an mm -hmm. easy place to get back across the border. We're across the border in 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. It is a 55 and plus city, basically. Okay. I mean, I go out to eat here. All I see is old people. It drives me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I, I, I just turned 60 recently. I go to these places and I'm like, oh, there's so many old people here that I'm going, holy shit. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I know. I oh, know. God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, but anyway, we, we love Green Valley. We came back in January, renovated our little one bedroom because it had a lot of the original stuff. Uh, Green Valley is not like any other place that I've ever been. The community that we're in, I'd say 70% of it is snowbirds, people that just come for the ah. winter. About 30%, maybe a little more, are people who chose to live here year-round, either because they were able to free up a ton of money somewhere else, come here, and now they have like no financial worries. Or they're like us, who we're going to travel so much that we just wanted a base that we can operate from that's easy to maintain. And this became a perfect base because we can we can clean this in 30 minutes and, <laughs> and be out of here, turn the key. The development, our HOA dues are a little on the high side for this area. And they're 235 a month. And that include the air conditioning unit being replaced, the water heater being replaced. Oh, wow. Water and sewer, garbage collection, and all exterior maintenance. That's really fair. I mean, yeah, more yeah, than fair. That's not bad, yeah. 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 
And may we yeah. ask, was your house in that price range, the one to 150 or? Yeah, yeah. The one that we bought, we ended up getting for 96. Nice, wow. nice. And did you have yeah. to do anything to it other than paint or? Oh, yeah. We had to replace all the floors. We had to replace the kitchen cabinets. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, we painted some of them, replaced others. We did mm-hmm. put in a dishwasher, mm-hmm. a small one. It's only an 18 inch. But it <laughs> oh, it's just the two of you. Yeah, it's just us. There's a hotel across the street. So it's my second bedroom. Somebody wants to come visit. We put them up there. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, we we had we tore out the old bathtub and put in a, a walk in stall shower. Nice. Complete redo. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and you we made it, really you made lucky. it a uh, age in place, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, so unless something just... happens, mm-hmm. we could, we can stay here when we're done traveling. It's an easy place. It's, you know, there are no steps to get in or out, no step to get into the shower. Mm-hmm. And it's a city that's designed for, as you already mentioned in your opening remark, mm-hmm. it's really designed for people who are aging. So the doctors here all are kind of specializing in that. I just had cat surgery down here. It was great for the first time since I'm 15, no glasses. So, um, <laughs> wow. Really? And That's yeah. what it was? You didn't get LASIK or anything? No, no. Oh, it was and cataract. Just, well, before we move over to medical, I just want to ask, is that in a 55 plus community or is it just standalone? It oh, it is. It's a 55. The community itself has four pools that are heated pools, uh, but they're outdoor. Great area. There is something in Green Valley called the Green Valley Recreation Center. It, it is actually deeded to the home. So if you buy a home that's a member, you have to be a member and pay those fees. We wanted that. I actually go there most days to write and use their Wi-Fi because we didn't want to put Wi-Fi in here since we're leaving for a year. So I just walk over there, but they've got nine recreation centers in Green Valley. They all have big Olympic-sized pools. They have gyms in there. They have all kinds of clubs and activities. So from a city where you can really move in and get involved quickly and meet people, you can't beat that being a member yeah. of the GPR. And they have pickleball and all that stuff, I assume? All of that. Each each center has different specialties. Mm-hmm. Within a half mile walk from my house, we have three big centers. And right. one has pickleball courts and the other has tennis courts. And they've got lapidary clubs and woodworking clubs and bridge clubs and all kinds of stuff. And that's the recreation center. Yeah, the Green Valley Recreation Center. Wow, that's so cool. So if you could go back to the medical, I was very interested in hearing because it's a 55 plus community, I'm assuming that city, city, (laughs) city. I'm assuming that it was pretty easy to get physicians or specialists or was there a waiting period? No, um, I I changed my Medicare Advantage plan in January from North Carolina to here and had, I mean, there was a huge list of doctors to choose from and we didn't have anyone who couldn't take us on. So, and of course, all the doctors are used to working with people who are over 65. So it's a different experience. And how close are you to a hospital if necessary? Uh, No more than about a seven minute drive. Oh, okay. Now it's a small hospital, but we're only 30 miles from Tucson, which has several really good good hospitals. True. Now I'm curious, you mentioned that you're in the insurance and Medicare consulting business. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. So back in 2017 is when I really started to focus on Medicare. 
I was getting, I think in 2017, I was uh, 64, getting ready to turn 65. Mm -hmm. And my wife is a few years older. When she turned 65, I, I was a past national president of an organization called the National Association of Health Underwriters. Nice. And so my specialty at the time wasn't medic, it was other things. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I went to a member who was a Medicare specialist and said, help my wife. And so she put my wife into an HM. HMO Advantage Plan. I don't know if you're familiar with the difference between HMO and PPO. Yes. Sure, sure. I mean, ba basically, uh, just basically for anyone who's not sure, isn't a PPO allows you to go to anyone without a reference? And then an HMO, your primary care has to determine if a specialist is required and has to approve it. Yes? Uh, sort of. So, okay. Why don't you tell uh, us? Yeah. Within HMOs, you can, some of them will allow you to go to a specialist within the network. But in an HMO, you must be in the network with a PPO, you can go outside of the network. You pay a lot more out of pocket, but you can still go out. The world of Advantage Plan, the big companies like United Healthcare, Aetna, they now have national networks. So if you go on their PPO plan, and let's say I was in, I'm down here in Arizona, but I get diagnosed with cancer and Sloan Kettering in New York has the best treatment. I can call Aetna and say, is Sloan Kettering on your national network? Oh. If it is, then I can go to Sloan Kettering and still be considered in network Great. on the PPO. So they've come a long way. But anyway, so I, I ended up doing some research and discovered that number one, that agent did not do us a favor when she put my wife in an HMO. Plus, we were paying a monthly premium and there are advantage plans in North Carolina with zero premium that are PPOs. Oh, wow. And then in the supplement side of things, there is a supplement. It's called the high deductible G. Almost everybody today will enroll in what's called the G plan. But the high deductible G is identical. You just have more out of pocket, but your premium is a third the cost. So I decided I was going to get involved and try to help people make the right decisions about which plan to go on. Oh, yeah. Without yeah. saying one is good, one is bad. So anyway, so th that was kind of my business. And then of course, when we knew we were going to spend a lot of time in Mexico, Medicare Advantage plans are really, really good when it comes to international emergency medical benefits. Oh, this is important. Much to hear. better than supplements. Okay, tell us why. Yeah. <laughs> so, supplements, if you're on a G plan, a high deductible G or an N, you have $50,000 of emergency medical benefits, but only for up to 60 days out of the country per trip. Oh. So, like in our case, we went to Mexico for three months in the last spring, we would only have had coverage for two of those three. And when we were in, in Mexico for five months from August to January, uh, we would have had coverage for the first 60 days. With a Medicare Advantage plan, you have way more than 50,000 on most of the big national carriers, and you're not limited to 60 days. Ah. There, there are some intricacies that people that want to use them should know about. And I did discover that there is some misrepresentation down mm -hmm. in, in Mexico about Advantage plans by agents who are selling to the expat community. Oh, my God. There's a company called Lakeside Medical. 
They're really big in Mazatlan, Puerto Vallarta, San Miguel de Allende, and they figured out a long time ago how to work with Advantage Plan Company. If you register with them, and, and it's free to do it, if you have an eligible Medicare Advantage Plan and you have a medical emergency, you go to one of the, one of the hospitals that they have agreements with and they handle everything. In the absence of Lakeside, you would have to pay up front and then get reimbursed by your insurance company. You see, this yeah. Yeah, such this is such a maze. And I mean, we're pretty well-read people. And every time I start reading some of this stuff, I just lose my mind. <laughs> it is so, so complicated. And it doesn't, I mean, I don't want to say it doesn't have to be, but there's so many players involved. There's money involved. Right. You may get calls after this, Mel. <laughs> so you can be virtual <laughs> as long as you want, because we'll be calling hey, you. you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm willing to help. I'm willing to answer questions for That's people, nice. even if they don't become my client. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are these things that some people just don't know. There is an agent who sells Medicare Advantage plans down there, basically says, so long as you have a U.S. address, you don't have to worry about it. But that's not actually accurate. the, The policies themselves have a clause that says when the insurance company must cancel their coverage. With some companies and some states, you could be outside of the network, outside of your service area for up to six months. On other plans, you can be outside of your service area for up to 12 months. The question that I get a lot from people is, well, how are they going to know, right? How are they going to know I've been in Mexico for two years? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. And and (laughs) they may never know, and they might not even care. But what happens is, like last May, I actually had emergency surgery down in Mazatlan. Oh, sorry. So, oh, it um, it was a shock, but... It's also one of the reasons that we bought the house in Arizona. Uh Um, The care was great. I can't say anything negative about the care, but I found it a little disconcerting, one, not being able to speak the language fluently. So the medical stuff was tough. Yeah. And the care is distinctly different than the care in the United States. But it was it was fine. But I knew that I wanted to be close to the border in a case like that. Once they stabilized me, we could have gotten in the car and driven up here. So that was important. Let's say that you've had two emergencies in Mexico and then you get diagnosed with cancer and you decide I'm going back to the United States because cancer is expensive, even in Mexico. And I want Aetna to pay. When I come back, Aetna could say, prove that you have been in the United States and not gone for more than 12 months. And then they could choose to deny my coverage. So what I decided is let's get a place close to the border that's affordable, that we can always come back to. Every year we can come back to all of our annual wellness. We've met the requirements of the policy so they can never challenge me. They can't say we're not gonna cover something because they have a record that in January of 2022, I had my physical, I had my eye yeah, on, I did exactly. my dental work. Okay. Right, right. So, and, and that's the thing for any of your listeners mm-hmm. is the most important piece if you're going to start, if you want to be an expat and you want Medicare to pay, make sure that you have a plan for how to stay within the, within the rule of the policy. What about all this international health care? I mean, people seem to, you know, those who have moved to Portugal, they, they have these plans or on places like Portugal, you become a resident and you're on their wonderful, you know, national system. But those places that I guess we've heard people say they bought 
health insurance and despite you know, their age and all that. But he's saying if you don't want to pay and you just want to use the Medicare Advantage. But then you'd have to, I'm saying to avoid this potential risk of having to come back to the United States to lay the paper trail that you were here. You know what I mean? Right. So I have clients who have gone on supplements mm-hmm. and then purchased international health insurance. Most people are just buying essentially emergency medical coverage mm-hmm. and medevac coverage so that they can get brought back. What I, my, my thought when I looked at it was, number one, my, my wife, who is over 75, she can't buy it. Oh. So it, it, ah. most of them cut you off at 75. Okay. And it gets really expensive. Um, a friend of mine who is 69 down in Mazatlan, he purchases Mexican health insurance. And that cost him about $5,000 a year. You have to this, you know, if you can afford five thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. for a couple of, it would be ten. Yeah, you, sure. you might go, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I don't think most people want to spend that much money per person, and so they need to find a better alternative. Okay, I have a question. You were talking about this Lakeside Medical Insurance. What what is that exactly? Yeah, Lakeside Medical is a private company. Their only reason for existence is if you come to Mexico and you have a Medicare Advantage plan that they recognize, you can register with them. And if you use their facilities, then you don't pay anything out of pocket. They handle everything for you. Okay. Okay. And what do they charge? They don't charge anything. Oh. Um, I'm sure, I don't know for a fact how they <laughs> They must make pay. money. <laughs> right. So- Healthcare in Mexico is pretty cheap, right? A friend of mine uh, was in the hospital last year for surgery on her leg. Uh, she had gotten injured, spent four nights in the hospital. Her total bill was under 4000 So what I think Lakeside does is they bill Aetna or United Healthcare, but instead of billing them 4000 they retabulate that and bill them for 6000 Right. What about dental work? Do you get that done in Arizona? Or do you do you go to Mexico for that? Like a lot of people do. We do our cleanings, or we have been doing our cleanings here in the U.S. because it's covered on our Advantage plan. Okay. But when I was down in Mazatlan last November, I was eating something, and one of my <laughs> old fillings broke. Of course. And so, um, so I went to a dentist that was recommended by a friend of mine. I was fully prepared to spend some money. <laughs> So uh, he looks in my mouth and he suggests that I get not one, but two crowns because I have another tooth that's getting ready to break. And I said, well, how much is just fixing the one? And he said it was the equivalent of $250. I want to say 5,000 pesos. Uh, No, 10,000 pesos uh, because it's a 20 to one. 10,000 pesos. So I said, well, if you do both, how much is it? And he looked at me like I was an idiot and said 20,000 pesos. Just doubled it. No discount. Right. But I figured, you know what? $500, yeah. two, two crowns, let's yeah. get it done. Yeah. Um, because my last crown in the States was $1,500. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So for the big stuff, if it happens down there, I'm getting it done. Yeah. And this year, we'll do, we'll do our six-month cleaning down there. 
Okay. Which is $25. And I've heard from our other guests about how fair price the, the dental work is. In fact, I need some implants <laughs> and uh, I am going to wait to have it done abroad. Right. Yeah. I know that a lot of people go to uh, Los Algodones. Is that how you say it? Al- Los Algodones. Which is about a four hour drive from Green Valley. Um, a lot of people go over the border to save money. And there are, there are over 350 dentists in that little town. But, wow. but, but <laughs> there less, you go, Mel. <laughs> less than an hour from you is Nogales, Mexico. And a lot of Americans right. go there for dental work. Have you been there? Um, we've only driven through Nogales. My plan when we were here this trip was to spend some time over there. Um, one, to look at, at medical care, but I also want to look at nursing homes. Down in Mazatlan, we have some friends whose husbands had to be in nursing homes. And it is way, way, way less than the States. The care is wonderful. It, yeah, I'll bet. It, yeah, it would surprise you the care that you get down there because it's part of their culture. Yes, I so, was just going to say the care. Unfortunately, what I've experienced with my dad and my other relatives, the care in the United States in these places, unless you're paying top dollar. And I mean, Manhattan, East Side, well, now West Side, you know, unless you're going to one of those places, these people just they're horrible. I'm sorry for anyone working in that industry, but the norm is that they are horrible. One day I went to see my dad and he was sitting in, you know, they're all sitting in wheelchairs. He was facing the wall. God knows how long he had been sitting there and no one was talking to each other because they didn't at least put them in a circle or something. It was it was heart wrenching, heart wrenching. So, yeah, nursing cares abroad. I totally believe pick a culture that you respect, that you've heard about. And that's where you go if you want to go. Yeah, um, I'm actually going to do some research. I had found for for my wife and I, Mm -hmm. I had finally found um, what's known as a longevity annuity. But it has really good benefits based on activities of daily living. Mm-hmm. But you can, it's the only one I've been able to find that you can use outside of the country. Oh. So I've really researched that. And that's why I really wanted to go to Nogales and try to get some idea of the cost of, of some of the nursing homes close to the border so that it would give people some options other than really expensive long term care. Um, policies or bankrupting themselves to pay for care. Yeah, yeah. I could see these nursing homes saying, (laughs) here comes more gringos and their money. Gringos and the green. Right, right. (laughs) Getting further into Mexico would probably find better care for a lot less money than right at the border. Yeah, yeah. But I I think the border would still be really, really good compared to the States. Yeah, yeah. And of course, at our age, for my wife and I, we hope neither one of us ever needs it. But we kind of really want to know what our options are. And we know we'll be doing it whatever in Mexico. Right. Great. Great. Okay. so how close or far are you to the nearest airport or where is the nearest airport? Got to be Tucson, the nearest right? airport is, yeah, Tucson. It's about 30 miles from here. My wife will be flying into Tucson on Tuesday night, okay. but she flew out of Phoenix, oh. which is two hours away. And and we did Phoenix, but it was a direct flight. Okay. 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 Otherwise, I guess you could go to Tucson, connect in Phoenix, right? Because that'll save right. a little time. But then, you know, by the time you get to the airport and check in, yeah. you might as well just go straight. People don't like to connect. <laughs> yeah. yeah and, and surprisingly, it's more expensive oh, from Tucson. Really? Yeah, because of the connecting flight. And the, they think that they have you. Yeah. 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 So you're so paying for just, that inconvenience. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you. Um, must be beautiful out there, especially at night. And we, we talked a little about the astronomy. 
Green Valley considered the astronomy capital of the world. How's the stargazing there? If you go away from like right in the center where we live, it, the stargazing is wonderful. Our Airbnb that we used in January when we first got back, they're actually right on the border of the desert itself, that, mm. so where there's oh, no, wow. no building. Mm-hmm. And you look up, it's just amazing because there's oh no, no light pollution. Yeah. Yep. And because of the observatory, which sits here in Madera Canyon, the whole city has tried to keep the lights low. Mm. Not so as not to interfere. So it's a gorgeous sky. And how far are you from there? So I can walk into the desert from where I am. Oh, wow. really? It's about a mi- yeah, it's about a mile. And there's lots of walking paths here. There's this area where there's a gate and you can open the gate and you have to close it because there's livestock that is allowed to roam out there. Oh. Um, <laughs> so you close the gate, but they have. You don't all see that in Winston walks. Salem. <laughs> no, <laughs> or Queens, no. New York. <laughs> uh, no. One day, about a month or so ago, I was walking out in the desert, and about fifty feet in front of me, a coyote was crossing the path, and <laughs> he had stopped and looked at me, and I looked at him. And at the time, I hadn't done any research into whether they're dangerous or not. And I was like, oh, holy crap, now what? (laughs) But then I guess he decided I wasn't worth paying attention to and loped off. (laughs) Thank God. Um, But that's a pretty common occurrence out in the desert. Um, They're not really dangerous unless they're rabid. Um, Well, you don't know that, though. How do you know? Right, you don't know. (laughs) And snakes. Are there snakes all over? Oh, lots of snakes. And of course, now the season that they come out. What? What do you mean? They like hotter weather? They like hot weather. So they start to come out. So if you're walking in the desert now, you want to kind of watch where you're stepping and make sure okay. that you're not stepping. All right. You're never uh, going to you're never gonna see months. me there. <laughs> Gene, so. Gene, you're never going to see me there. I may just drive through. <laughs> so where you are, it's not considered a desert? It's considered desert. But for me, I make a distinction between the built up area. Oh, OK, OK. Because it's all desert. <laughs> but you talk about the desert as the area that you go to where there are no houses. Okay. So the climate, it's a desert climate. Talk a little about that. It's a desert climate. This time of year, from now until September, most days will be 100 to 105 during the wow. day. Oh, nice. It'll drop down at night to the 60s. Oh, uh-huh. that, that is nice. Right. But, you know, you drive, uh, we're, very, we're, we're about 20 minutes from a place called Madera Canyon, which is up in the mountains. And when you're driving out to Madeira Canyon, you can watch the temperature gauge in your car showing the outside temperature. It'll drop about 10 degrees from wow. here to there. And and beautiful hiking up there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Are there homes up there? I, I bet there are, right? Madeira Canyon. Uh, not many. Uh, okay. My understanding, there's a couple of places like Airbnbs that you can go to, uh, hotels, lodges. My understanding is they made everybody move out of the canyon because it's on federal land. Uh, and so it's now it's just a beautiful, protected, well-kept, huge area for campers and hikers and birders. Wow. That wonderful. it's an amazing place. Yeah, it is. So in your uh, what's the what's the weather like in the winter though? Um when we got here at the end of January, at night it would drop down to about 40, sometimes into the high 30s. Mm-hmm. But by noon the next day it was up in the 70s. And very little rain, the rainy season started in July, and it'll go for about a month and a half, uh, where they'll get massive downpours. Mm-hmm. But yeah. they're for sure 
short periods of time. I love, we've been here since the end of January. We've not seen any rain, hardly any clouds. Wow. If you like sunshine, there's no better place to be. So Mel, if I could have you go back a moment to the cost of living there in general. Mel, can you talk to us a bit about groceries, um, amenities, utilities, all those kinds of things? Give us an idea. Utilities for us are a third of what they were in Winston-Salem, but that's because our house is a third of the size. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> right. Right. So, um, you know, my electric bill and gas bill in the month of April mm-hmm. was less than $100 combined. My real estate taxes on this house were only 500 bucks a year. Wow. Oh. Oh my goodness. Really nice. Yeah. <laughs> right. But for us, our grocery bill has gone up. Now, part of that, I'm sure, is inflation. Yeah, yeah, it's gone but, up everywhere. Oh, yeah. Inflation, right. COVID. Yeah. But part of it is also there's not a huge number of places to eat out in Green Valley. Oh. And we go to a, a grocery store called Sprouts, which is going to be more, it's like a Whole Foods kind of a place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're a little bit self-indulgent. We don't like to deny ourselves. So. <laughs> of course. Hey, you're retiring. Right. Right. So, you know, last last Saturday night, my wife said, you know what, let's go over to Sprouts. I want filet mignon for dinner. So we went over to Sprouts and got a couple of good steaks. And, you know, we only do the grass fed kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. So (laughs) so for the two of us, we've been spending between six and 700 a month on groceries. So that that's a a little on the high side. We don't go out to eat as much here because, you know, if we want to go out to eat, we're going to Tucson. When we're in Mazatlan, we go out to eat every day. Yeah. That's because (laughs) the cost of living there is so low. Yeah. Right. I I would say that the cost of living here is probably not grossly different from anywhere else in the, you know, in not in the big cities. I mean, compared to New York, it's probably way low. But compared (laughs) to North Carolina, it's probably about the same. Okay. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Now, in terms of restaurants, you mentioned that there aren't that many. And I'm really surprised. Again, to me, this is a whole discrimination situation because, (laughs) no, no, where there are younger people, restaurants pop up all over. But we are the generation, sad to say to them, we have the most money. We are the ones that can spend. Yeah, but they think but the there older aren't enough. Are for the, uh, yeah, they're looking for the special. early bird specials. But <laughs> come on. No, no, but I'm serious. No, the, this is happening everywhere. It, it, it's in the retail industry. And, the, and and these people that have the money to build these retail facilities, they I don't know what it is that they don't get. But having said that, are there coffee shops nearby that you can walk to? Are there those types of things? Um, not that I could walk to. There okay. is a couple of Starbucks in town. Mm-hmm. Um, that I could drive to. There is a small coffee shop, which I haven't visited uh, about 20 minutes from me. But what you have to remember about Green Valley is when you're outside of the high season, the high season being October through the end of April, the population here drops precipitously ah. once, once April, May comes. Mm. Because of all the snowbirds leave. Yeah. It's hard to get a business to say, oh, I'm going to open up in Green Valley because they have to be able to get through that low season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's why we'll go up to Tucson if we want, you know, any kind of a really nice meal out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, locally, we've got, you know, we've got pizza, we got Chinese takeout, which is mm. okay. <laughs> 
you know, not not New York, not even Winston-Salem quality. You've got a couple of burger places that you can go to, but nothing that would knock your socks off, nothing that would make you want to go every single week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. See, the people in Green Valley have been trained for that. So, you know, (laughs) if we were to come out there and open up a, I don't know, some cool restaurant, I bet we'd make a ton of money. Mel, think I, about I it. I think you could. Well, <laughs> really? Year-round. Too much work. I, I wouldn't yeah, want to yeah, get yeah. into that. Sure. Yeah, but maybe something like between, you know, because I like places where you can go with a laptop and that the places mm-hmm. don't know you. You could just hang out, right, do work, buy a cup of coffee or a cup of latte well, every so Starbucks. often. They have Starbucks, but I'm just saying that, well, Starbucks, I have to give a shout out to Starbucks. They are the only place especially in our neighborhood of Bay Ridge. Starbucks does not care. I'll come in there. I'll sit there for an hour, two hours. Don't care. No, no. Starbucks. No, I'm talking about Brooklyn, where we are. In Manhattan, you can go to a whole bunch. All right. You can go to a ton in Manhattan. They won't care. It's the culture. It's the culture. You can sit there. You can write just like in uh, Berkeley. You can go there. They wouldn't give a crap if you sat there for four hours. The only time they would matter would be, you know, maybe if there was a homeless person going in there. Berkeley now. Some well, places, some, some have, changed. have an hour limit anyway. Some, yeah, some have an hour limit. But I mean, in our Starbucks, people come in, they don't even buy anything and they sit down on those leather right. couches. You know, come on. Don't make that face. I know <laughs> he's he's a Starbucks hater. <laughs> OK, he doesn't understand us anyway. Yeah, I like the little guys, but let's go on. OK, the little guys can't afford to have me sit there an hour with my <laughs> laptop. Um, Mel, tell us what kinds of activities other than those that are on your uh, complex, I guess, that that you've enjoyed or taken advantage of. Mostly for me, it, it's been um, the GVR here locally, which I talked about, the Green Valley Rec. But okay. um, there's also a lot of historic stuff. So oh. there's uh, the San Xavier or San Javier. Uh, mission, which is on uh, Indian Reservation, just south of Tucson. There's another mission, the name of which I've already forgotten, but I stopped and saw it uh, about a month and a half ago. A lot of historic places down here from the, mm-hmm. when the Spanish kind of came in. So, and then of course you have all of the Native American reservations that you can go to and kind of see what's going on there. But. Mm-hmm. We haven't done a ton of that, mostly because we've been so involved with getting the house built up and then trying to get my eye surgery taken care of. So Mm -hmm. for four weeks, I was a little out of it. (laughs) And then and now we're getting ready to go back to Mexico. So. Mm -hmm. So now what happens when you go to Mexico? Do you you could even rent out your place, right? If you wanted to. We could. We've chosen not to. And, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. was another reason we bought this place. Yeah. Yeah. Is it's we can just keep it. If, if there is a medical emergency, we can just come back to it. Right. Or if we just decide we want to come back because we're bored, we can just get in the car and drive back up. Sure. Sure. And hang out. So we won't rent it, but we do pay a neighbor. That's kind of her side business. Mm. She works with a lot of the snowbirds for you know $25 a visit. She'll come in, run the water, flush the commodes. Wow. And check out the house, make sure that nothing's going on. Oh, good. That's good. so then, smart. Peace of mind. That's, yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Business. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So I think we've covered the majority of the questions that were burning for us. And I've never been to Green Valley. I didn't know it was so close to Mexico. I think that is an ideal location and it's such an eye opener, I think, for our audience as well. And the price of the homes. I can't believe you can yeah, see the price a house of the home for, for around $150,000, right? Yeah, if you can find yeah, one. I, you <laughs> yeah. can actually get, if you want something bigger, for about 
between 175 and 250, you can still get a, a bigger two bedroom mm-hmm. if that's what you what you wanted. Yeah. What about um, a three bedroom? And, uh, you know, to tell you the truth, I've not seen any of those show up on Zillow. I'm ah. sure that they have them, but yeah. um, but I've not seen them. Right, right. And are you nearby other complexes or other kind of 55 plus communities? Yeah. <laughs> so if you drive down actually almost any street in, in, in here, you'll see tons of different 55 and over communities. Oh. I mean, it is one community after another in all price ranges. But they do must have some young people. There must be schools there, right? Yeah, there there are. Um, and uh-huh. we see young people out. They're a minority in this town. <laughs> wow, that but, must be interesting. Yeah, they do exist. Yeah. <laughs> what about rentals? Are there rentals around? So if someone wanted to come and check out the area before they buy a place, they want to live there for a few months other than an Airbnb. Are there apartments for rent? There are. There are apartments. Um, some of these units that, that we're in, my next door neighbor is a guy who rents um, on a year's lease at a time, okay. but he just never bought. Okay. Um, so there are rentals, but you'd have to work with somebody. Okay. Do you know what the costs are? I saw a sign on the office of our complex a couple of weeks ago, and I want to say it was about $1,000 a month for year round. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I, I would have expected less. I don't know why, because I know a thousand. Get a little is house. That's not, that's not. That's cheap. Oh, it's a, for a house, right? Not just a. Um... Right. Well, it's for one of these, like one bedroom, okay, casita kind of things. Okay. Okay. But and... that's unattached, right? The casita. No, they're attached. Oh, they're attached. They're, they're, they're like a townhouse, but they call them casitas. All right. So, Mel, tell us as we wrap up, any advice for future retirees or those who are part-time retiring? Yeah, so um, I would tell anybody, especially people that may have limited retirement assets, really give serious thought to selling wherever you're at and moving to a place like a Green Valley. And there are other places around the country like this where you can free up a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars of house value and really cut your costs down because then you're free to really enjoy life. For us, life has never been better because we don't have any baggage to weigh us down. So there's a lot of freedom in having a little one bedroom place. Yeah, I so agree. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you. Thank you for your time. And it was such a pleasure meeting you and we'll be in touch. Yeah, Thanks so much. That was wonderful. You're welcome. I love doing this. So it was great. You guys <laughs> oh, have been great. Great. Thank you. And thank all, you for all. New Yorkers all... love to talk. Yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Take, take care. care. Take nice care. Enjoy. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well. Be well.